out now on Press Gang Records, Buffalo, New York's Wrong the Oppressor Cassette. Ellis Horse, The Project from the Minds of Rob Antonucci, and Ryan Hex Cannabis, available on all streaming platforms. War self-titled 7-inch, available in black and coke bottle clear. Pick these up at PressGangRecordsUS.LimitedRun.com Welcome to episode 83. I'm your host, Josh Lyons. On this episode, uh, we're going to be talking with Tony, Diego, and Shane from the band Bent Blue from San Diego. Uh, as always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. On Twitter, it's at Podcast Hardcore. Uh, there might be a TikTok coming if I can ever figure out how to do all that kind of stuff. Um, as always, shout out to all the Patreon subscribers. Um, I know I've been saying we're going to be doing some live stuff soon, so just keep your eyes out for that. Um, speaking of live stuff, there's two local shows coming up. Um, like I've been mentioning, uh, I got my first show uh, in like 10 years on uh, July 16th. It's a uh, final declaration out of Buffalo. Uh, heavy as the head, pure bliss, only shallow and coalition at the bug jar. And then um, on July 29th, I'm not putting this show on, but it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, dangers. No man coming down, only shallow, agitated earth, and no end will be making their local uh, debut. Uh, so yeah, that's July 29th. Uh, UUU Art Collective in Rochester. Uh, so yeah, check those two shows out if you're able to. Um, usually we kind of jump into the episode, but um, when there's like uh, current events like this, I kind of like to talk about this shit for a minute. And as you can probably tell by the tone of my voice, I'm a little nervous even kind of talking about this, but I feel like it kind of needs to be discussed a little bit. Um, obviously, we had some pretty shitty news uh, come down from our government on Friday. Um, the Roe versus Wade got overturned. Um, I know most of us come from like punk and hardcore, so I feel like we all kind of have the same agenda and we can all kind of agree on these kind of things. But I think all of us are kind of pissed off at the same time right now. And I don't know like how my guests feel, but like I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I don't really know where we're supposed to go from here. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are saying you should like contact your politicians and write letters and, you know, answer with your votes. But in my mind, it's like, 
even the Democrats, like these are the ones that let us down, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I mean, I have a daughter now and, you know, it was like, I've always like had a love for women. So obviously I'm going to stand with women on this, you know what I mean? Like, but the news, like, I think a lot of us are upset by it and, you know, I, I, I like I said, I'm kind of speechless. I don't really know where to turn from here. So I'm just going to kind of introduce my guests. I know it's kind of a weird way to to start an episode, um, but we're going to be talking with the guys from Bent Blue tonight. So first I'm going to bring on their singer, uh, Tony. Uh, how's everything going for you tonight, Tony? Good, man. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, definitely. And then we're going to bring on Shane. How's it going? Pretty good, man. And uh, Diego? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. So, yeah, if any of you guys want to jump in on that before we jump into the interview, um, like I said, I know like a lot of us are kind of upset and you know i don't really know where we're going to turn from here um tony i know from like reading some interviews that you know you're a fairly socially conscious dude from what i can see and so i'm sure you've probably been thinking about this too um so maybe we open the discussion with you i guess i mean yeah i think everyone in the band is uh is tries to be pretty aware of what's going on uh in the world and has a lot of really deep uh deep-rooted feelings and opinions on things like this um, so I'm definitely like want to open it up to everybody, but I think the obvious thing is that every human being has a right and is entitled to dignity and is entitled to autonomy over their own bodies. Every human has the right to autonomy over what happens to their body. Um, and I agree with you as well. Like it's very difficult in, uh, I don't know, in a capitalist society that we live in, um, particularly with the way that uh, our society is, is built up right now in the United States to where we think that we can just vote these kinds of things away, uh, like, and that voting blue is somehow going to uh, save us. I, I just, Obama had every possibility to codify this thing. Um, RBG could have stepped down and had someone else fill her shoes. And this could have, you know, wouldn't have been the issue that it is today. Um, Biden, he took his time and it, it just, I don't think that they're going to save us. And so I, I agree. I think a lot of us feel very similar to you. Like, where do we go from here in the way that it is and the way things are right now? Uh, Shane, I don't know if you want to jump in. I mean, obviously, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I feel like we both kind of live in like liberal areas too. So it might not be kind of like something that's going to affect us as much. But like at the same time, like that twelve states is a pretty large portion of our country, and that's a large population to start with. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, Shane, if you want to jump in, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to add to that. I, I pretty much completely agree with um, Tony on that stance. Um, and just, I, I just want to add that, like, we really shouldn't be surprised by any of this shit. Like, it's been building up to this. And uh, Democrats, Republicans, uh, politicians, they don't give a damn about anyone's well-being. Uh, they literally were using this whole issue of you know reproductive you know rights which are you know always arbitrary uh as a 
method to get votes basically right they don't in the end they don't care and it it, it shows and i don't want to go too deep in the, on this because that's not what this you know episode's about but it's more important than this band so it is worth talking about but but anyways i'm, I'm gonna end it there <laughs> and then i guess diego if you have anything you want to chime in on before i start uh the, the actual interview i guess you guys pretty much said everything, but I, I, I agree on uh, distrust in general for politicians. Uh, uh, you know, you kind of learn uh, that they're not looking for or, you know, the best for us. So basically, um, and I, I totally agree with something that Tony said. At the end is we have us as human beings and that's something that we should kind of like uh, keep together is like that relationship between us and you know beyond like political views or anything you know like be, look at ourselves as human beings and support each other and all that i think at the end it's like what what's what stays you know with uh, with with everything so yeah and i think lastly just to add when you take away rights from human beings, regardless of what the topic is, but obviously when we're discussing abortion, um, it, it doesn't change the fact that people are going to go through with the things that they feel they need to do in order to be safe, in order to set themselves up for a better situation in life. All it does is make it more dangerous, whether it's abortion, whether it's drugs, whether it's sex work, whether it's when you strip people of the right to choose what they need to do, what's best in their life in ways that aren't harming any other people around them, uh, you're just making that those decisions more dangerous for people because they're going to do it anyways. They're going to do what's best for them and what they feel they need to do and it's necessary. Absolutely. I think just the last thing I want to say before we jump into this is like a lot of people are like applauding corporations, which it's cool that they're offering this money for women to have to have to go out of state. But it just makes me kind of think to myself, like how much these corporations could be doing for their employees, like outside of this and how much they should be doing. You know what I mean? It's, it's great that they're doing that. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? But yeah, like like you guys were saying, it just, this could be a full topic and it deserves to be talked about. But obviously, like we had planned to kind of do a, an interview to kind of talk about your guys's new record. So we'll try to. uh you know, jump into that. Um, obviously, you sent it to me. And so I've been listening to it. Um, you know, it's called Where Do Ripples Go? I, I know you guys just dropped a, a song the other day, and there's a pre order for it now. So um, we'll start talking about all that soon. Um, but first, um, like, I usually like to talk about like upbringing and stuff. But obviously, there's like three of you guys. So maybe we can kind of talk about just kind of like how you guys all came together. Uh, maybe how you guys like came up in the scene in San Diego. I know some of you guys aren't really from San Diego, too. So um, I don't know how you want to, uh, who wants to start first and how we'll approach this, I guess. I'm, I'm sure I'll have a lot of side questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think Diego and Shane actually started, I mean, they met each other before I met either of them. They already had something going. So maybe one of them can like start off where that began and then I can chime in after like how I connected with them. Oh, I, mo I moved from uh, New York to San Diego in 2015, right? So, uh, and I'm not from San Diego, obviously. I lived in New York for a few years, but I'm originally from Colombia, from Medellin. So 
once I got to um, to San Diego, started like immediately looking around to kind of like jam and form a band. Um, uh, you know, I have bands before and a band that I had previews then uh, Ben Blue was uh, Counterblast. Um, so, and I, we met uh, Shane uh, through Craigslist, right? Yeah, Craigslist. <laughs> so basically we were, we kind of got connected or like, you know, we got together to jam because we had a few bands in common that we were talking about. And one of those were, were Lifetime, right? Lifetime, Gorilla Biscuits. So there was a few bands that we said, okay, this is kind of the direction we want to go. Uh, but that didn't uh, uh, end up doing it. We didn't end up jamming more than once or something like that, right, Shane? Uh, yeah, a couple times. And, and then we kind of got carried away with, you know, life stuff. Just took right. a charge there. But right, like uh, 2019 um, was when we started jamming again with, with a different project. And um, and we talk about like, hey, let's do, you know, we we come from punk and hardcore and we're doing this other project. I think we're kind of like, hey, let's uh, every uh, after every practice i know we started talking about like hardcore shows and bands and stuff and we said let's start something let's do some hardcore stuff and yeah. i yeah so diego has this sick side project that's kind of on the back burner right now just because of bent blue stuff um called hard war it's like a synth pop kind of pop punk indie uh project that was uh, he brought me on to to play drums and it's really good <laughs> diego's a great songwriter Oh, um, but yeah, like we, we still had that. It wasn't quite, quite scratching the itch of like the hardcore uh, <laughs> and punk in us that we needed to, to be scratched. Oh. So we pursued that <laughs> and that kind of obviously took precedent. On a, on a sidebar, I guess, Diego, um, my grandma was from Bogota and lived there from, you know, so she's lived there till her adult life. And I had, no I had, way. I had seen before the interview that you were from Colombia, so I guess I'm curious, like how how low how old did you live there until like what age did you move to the states? All right, so I moved to New York in 2009, and I was I think 25. Okay. Something like that. So okay. I grew up I grew up in Colombia. Went to college in Colombia. So yeah, I'm, I'm more Colombian than anything else, I guess. But I'm close to be you know half and half here. But um, yeah, yeah, that's my story. It's interesting. My wife is from Bogota, so yeah. <laughs> now with there's like like good good bands like coming out of Colum like not just like Colombia that people know about. Like, are you keeping an ear to all that stuff? Obviously. Or? Oh, for sure, man. Uh, always like uh, try to be connected with the scene in Colombia, because uh, I I know like there's a lot of talent there, and now it's showing, and uh, internationally I know Rob Brigade, and I'll know. I'll know the guys and we actually play um, with them at the beginning of the year. It was really fun and we we're, we're in communication and all that. So it's it's awesome that and I know this other band Muro. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Muro, the M-U-R-O. They're really, really good, like uh, like raw hardcore punk band. Pretty good. So I, I have to 
to blow up uh, Diego's ego a little bit right now. He he's a uh, he's a very humble guy. <laughs> so what's happening? I mean, what's happening in, in Colombia right now? Uh, we know that scenes always come in waves. Things always come in waves. And uh, you know, 20 years ago, Diego was uh, playing in in bands that were pretty big in Colombia and helped establish that scene. Uh, he was in a band called Tom Sawyer, um, which was big in, in Colombia and, and that alternative scene. And it's funny, we played that Raw Brigade show uh, beginning of spring or maybe it was end of winter, I don't know, beginning of this year. And uh, they asked, their, their singer uh, wasn't feeling well. And so their guitar player, I can't recall his name. What's his name, Diego? Do you remember? Camilo. Okay, Camilo was filling in on vocals and asked Diego because they knew he played in Tom Sawyer and he was connected and he was out here and we're playing the show if he could last minute fill in on guitar for a few songs and so they're in the lobby before the show Diego's learning the songs because that's how good he is he can learn like (laughs) half hour before a show and I'm talking to to Camilo and Camilo's like, dude, I don't know if you know but Diego's a freaking living legend in Colombia and he he starts (laughs) playing songs that Diego wrote, Camilo knew riffs from his band, Tom Sawyer, and talked about listening to him as he was a kid. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> fucking cool, man. Anyone listening, like, if you like fast, like melodic hardcore skate punk from like the 2000s, like check out Tom Sawyer. <laughs> that shit is right. <laughs> Anyways, had, had to inflate his head a little bit because he's too humble. Oh, man. I knew Don't do a- that. I knew there was a Columbia connection, but I didn't know any of that stuff, obviously. So that's really cool, you know. So right. um, so I guess like you were saying, like, so how did I know you were sent talking about the other project, but like how did everything kind of start to gel? Like I'm obviously I'm kind of familiar from doing my research with the band and whatnot, but like for people that don't right. know, like how did everything kind of start to come together? Like how did you join take the uh uh become a part of the picture, I guess, Tony? Yeah, I uh Craigslist. Freaking Craigslist <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's crazy because we all get along. Even our bass player who's not here, Alex, we all get along really well. Like we have tough conversations, but we all, like there's never been any fighting or anything like, and it's crazy that that all came together through Craigslist. So I was looking for like maybe seven months and it felt, I, I swear, I just moved back to California after, after college. So I didn't, a lot of my friends that were in the scene at the time had moved away. I didn't know too many people out here by that point. Um, and so it felt like blind dating, man. It was weird. Like I was meeting like people in freaking bars and coffee shops and like feeling them out and seeing what references they knew. Cause I, I knew I wanted to try something like more on the hardcore punk side, but still melodic, definitely not metallic. And uh, it was really hard. I even took a dude to a turnstile show just to show him like sort of what modern day hardcore was happening. And it was his first, he had never heard of them. So that was kind of like a red flag for me. <laughs> um, so yeah, fully like blind dating. But I think I'd seen Diego had posted something on Craigslist. And I had been posting tons of stuff too, like like looking for musicians. And I just emailed him and was like, hey, I'm looking for the same stuff. Like, it looks like we have a lot of crossover um, and like intersection on the thing, like the, um, the influences that we're looking for. What do you think? And he's like, yeah, for sure. So I showed up at his place in his garage. We didn't have Alex, the bass player yet. Um, and we came ready to learn like with three songs. I think it was like, it's minor threat by minor threat. Uh, Kabuki girl from descendants and cut the tension 
by a life uh, a lifetime. So we came ready with those. And I had never used my voice before, except for like in the car by myself on the way to work. So like at the end of the night, my voice was shot. And I was sure these dudes were like, this guy sucks, like so bad. Uh, but uh, somehow it just worked out. And then a, a few weeks later, I had been from all my Craigslist blind dating had found Alex, our bass player. And uh, he came out a few weeks later and it just kind of all worked. It's been cool. Now, I mean, obviously we could pinpoint like a number of different like influences and like things that your band sounds like, but like from what I've like gathered, like what the influences you guys were going for was like, like a mid to late eighties, like DC sound. Like, was that something that you guys all talked about before? Cause that's like kind of like a specific thing that like, you, you're not going to find a ton of people that listen, you know what I mean? To that specific sound. I feel like. I don't know. I, I think a couple things were in our, in the influences, but like, I don't think that was like, that wasn't at the forefront. No, it, was wasn't. Like, it just kind of worked. Like, I guess like came to fruition that way, but like we our influences, like we get a lot of comparisons to like DC hardcore, which is like rad. Like we are super influenced by that stuff, but so, I, and apparently that shows the most, but like, we're actually, it's, we're influenced by a lot of like 2000s, like melodic hardcore shit too, like, you know, Final Fight and Half Heart and Sinking Ships. Uh, and then a lot of like 90s, like, you know, post hardcore and, and melodic hardcore. But I mean, I, I guess the, the DC influence is like the, the most noticeable. <laughs> well, there's definitely a few specific parts on the new release, which we'll talk about in a little bit, that I was like, that sounds like Fugazi. That sounds like Fugazi. You know what I mean? I'm like... really, I'm very <laughs> curious. You, yeah, I'm really curious what uh, your take was on some of the stuff. I definitely liked it a lot. And we'll get to it, obviously, in a little bit. Um, but there's definitely other influences that I hear in there. And like, um, but I just know from like reading things that people had mentioned the DC thing. So I was curious, like to hear if, if you guys had like talked about it beforehand or whatever. Um, yeah, no, it actually, it actually also came after we started writing more like the music and, and the first songs that it was kind of like the more common, uh, uh, influence. I would say even like Alex, who is, a, has like a more wide, uh, influence from like even metal and he, loves a uh, gray matter so basically and and then we all love like fugazi and obviously minor threats so i think you know like we have like i like um what what shane said we have a lot of a bunch of influences but while writing you we do we did realize yeah like kind of like dc is kind of our center i would say but yeah yeah, it was sort of the, the crossover, the the or the, the the style that had the most uh, the most crossover between the four of us. Right. Now I know you guys kind of like the band formed not too long before everything shut down, right? Like it wasn't it was only a few months, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we released. We've been practicing and jamming and recording for maybe I don't know, like eight months or seven months, something like that, before lockdown maybe yeah uh but we released our demo like literally the day that lockdown here in california went into place <laughs> and so yeah we just started scrambling like <laughs> you know by that point you're a new band nobody really knows you you don't really know other bands very well um and so it was a lot of just scrambling and reaching out to zines reaching out to labels uh reaching out to other bands and like just trying to kind of put yourself out there. It felt really weird, but um, 
it was beneficial for us. Like it really helped us out. Like before, before all that happened, like had you guys had plans to like do any like touring or anything or like were there shows booked like before like the lockdown happened, I guess. Yeah, we had, uh, we had a show like a couple days into the lockdown that we were really excited about. Uh, there was another, uh, there were like, if I recall, it's all kind of hazy now. Didn't we, we had like five shows that we were kind of talking like in the works or, or planning. And for us at that point, we'd only played three shows. So five shows felt like, whoa, that's crazy. And then we had talked about, you know, we really wanted to do uh, like a West Coast run uh, that summer was kind of something that we had talked about a little bit. Um, we had a show booked with at the Shake Cafe with uh, Spirits from Boston with, that we were super stoked about that that got canceled once lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Spirits. <laughs> when the good stuff was about to happen, then everything got shut down. And then now I know you guys ended up releasing. So what did you just release your demo on tape through war? Had you guys already contacted labels like prior to shutdown or are you starting to do that then? Like you said, with the zines and stuff too, or. Yeah, I, I uh, just sort of. It's like, I don't know how we do this. So we as a band released everything on streaming on our own. And then we reached out to a ton of labels. So the demo was already out at that point. It was on Bandcamp and then streaming sites. But uh, one of the labels that we'd reached out to was War. Andrew Klein got back to us and was like, hey, I'm doing this thing during the pandemic where I'm just, if I see a band that we, I kind of like, I want to want to help them out and you know do a limited release of tapes for their demo. So he did that to us. He did that to another with another band called Buggy from over on the East Coast. Do this. Yeah, pretty cool, like, pretty straightforward, like hardcore punk band. Um, I can't, yeah, he did that for a, a few bands, us included. And then just as time progressed, by that summer, we were able to um, like get together. And we stayed connected as a band. Like we, we practice at, at least once a week without fail, like pretty damn consistent. And um, so during the pandemic, or during the lockdown, I should say, uh, we even kept up like Zoom calls just to like talk strategy. Okay, this scene interview is happening. Okay, this this is what's happening with war. We're on a label now. That's crazy. Like, and uh, we started talking about music and riffs. And so by the time we got together, we really started focusing on writing this EP that you had mentioned before. Um, and we knew, we figured, hey, like, rather than go and hunt for a new label, like we've already done this tape with War. Um, let's see what, like, let's talk with Andrew and see what he can do for a full blown release. And, um, and he was down for it. So it was really cool. So when did you guys actually start writing the music for this? Like, have you guys been already working on the songs like since lockdown or was it like more like since things kind of started to reopen? So there was actually, there was actually a couple songs from there that we wrote around the time of the same uh, of the demo. So we had already a couple and then we, when we had the opportunity to get together, when the restrictions got like a little better, right? We could use masks, be in, in the same room. Then we started actually jamming. And that's when we started writing the rest of the, the music. 
And where did you guys go to record it? Was it somewhere like locally or? Yeah, the the EP, uh, the EP. Yeah, yeah, the, the the new stuff is coming out right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we recorded it at um, up in sort of northwest LA area um, with this guy named Gabe. Um, I want to make sure I don't butcher his name. I'm gonna do my best. Um, but he's got a he runs a studio there called uh, Akira. Akira. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Akira Akira, um, Akira Sounds or Akira Audio. And we were connected to him. So it's Gabe Van Benshoten, Van Benshoten. Anyways, the dude freaking rules. Like he's, he really knows what he's doing. He's worked with like Ken Andrews from uh, Failure and like, dude's great. Like he's super, I think we, he did an excellent job on the, on the recording and engineering and everything. I think he understood where we're coming from. Like we connected because uh, like a lot of the music that we like, he was into too. And and I don't know, like, yeah, some way that he could read us, I would say, right? Like what we wanted in sound wise and everything, he wasn't able to kind of read that. So it was, it was a great experience, I, uh, I would say. Totally. So you guys had already planned to do this with uh, War, and now obviously plants are pretty well backed up. So did, did Andrew already like kind of press this a while ago? And that's because I know you guys just started doing the pre-order like a month ago or whatever. Or is like isn't it coming out like next month though? Or like so I guess we, this month for this interview? Yeah, July, we started right? pre-order just a few days ago. We've been waiting. So we recorded in what guys like uh, March, March, of end of March, twenty twenty-one. Right? Yeah, March yeah. of twenty twenty-one. And then we got done with like mixing and, and product, like producing stuff. And like, I think by summer of 2021. And then Andrew told us, yeah, like, unfortunately with all the plants being backed up, it's probably gonna be about a year waiting, sitting on this stuff. So that was really hard for us to hear. It was a hard pill to swallow, but um, I know it's where we all kind of knew it was like, that's just what it is right now. It's up, it's beyond our control. So, um, yeah, we got the news a few months back from Andrew that, hey, like, should be good by maybe July, August. So we can kind of set up a strategy to start releasing stuff. And the pre-order, the, I mean, this, this episode is going to come out on July 5th. So the pre-order will be out for a little while. But as we do the, this mm-hmm. conversation, the pre-order just started a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, and is 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 there going to be just a bunch of different colors of vinyl i guess or because it seems like that's what people do these days right or yeah we've got uh we've got through four variants to choose from one of them is screen printed uh i think there's another colorway that's exclusive to uh to europe project yeah Yeah. and through merch pit i believe oh merch pit yeah um but yeah, four four variants to choose from there, and uh, yeah, we're just excited. Like, none of us have ever played or been in any projects that have produced something or had had vinyl as an output. <laughs> so, uh, luckily or fortunately, Andrew was able to um, to scramble and help us out with a uh, sort of like a, I guess you could call it like a re-release of a remastered version of our demo with two additional songs back in February. He had found uh, a new plant, um, I think maybe in China, that 
could do really quick turnaround, but you couldn't really pick the color of vinyl that you needed or wanted. Um, so in the interim, he's like, hey, let's do this as a good strategy to like uh, tie people over until the EP comes out. So that was exciting too, like to actually hold something in our hand that we created. I wonder if when people listen to these podcasts in like 20 or 25 years, if they're going to be like, what, what are they talking about these vinyl turnarounds? Like if it's going to be <laughs> such a weird like foreign thing to them by then or whatever, you know, cause it's never, it's, it's never been like, I mean, I know it's been like this for a couple of years now, but it's never been anything like this. It's so crazy, you know, Bummer. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess kind of getting into the lyrics a little bit, like we were talking in the beginning of the interview, like I know from reading interviews, like you seem to be pretty uh, socially aware of issues and, and it seems like you take you a lot, you put a lot of thought into your lyrics. Like I told you before the interview, I didn't really get a copy of the lyrics for the record, but I'm guessing you probably, uh, took some time for, uh, with them, right? Yeah, I, uh, we're all, everyone in the band is very, uh, like I mentioned earlier, like very um, well-read and tries to be up on, on things that are going on in the world that are important. Um, so there's a lot of really strong and meaningful um, opinions that we all share. Um, the lyrics definitely, when I'm writing, are a source of major anxiety for me because I want to make sure that I'm representing all of us uh, in a way that um, is meaningful. And I've said it before, I think in other interviews and we've shared, we've shared this sentiment uh, with one another in the band. Like if we're going to be in sort of an aggressive band, which inherently just by nature of hardcore, like we're in a more aggressive band than uh, or, or genre of music than most genres of music, then uh, why not talk about things that make you, fr that, that you're frustrated about? Um, I think it's a way of release or it's like a form of release, at least for me. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a cool way, or a good outlet for me as well. And one thing I'm kind of curious with you talking about like the anxiety and stuff, and you had mentioned like warming up in the car and whatnot, like you never really like have, have done vocals for any other projects before or anything. Like this is your first time pretty much or. Yeah, it was my first, uh, first time. So going from like the demo to this newer stuff, you're kind of starting to sing a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, is that something that like you were anxious at all, like to, to do recording wise? Like, did you have to do a lot of like, was there any training or any practicing involved with that to like, you know what I mean? Get yourself in the right mode for that, I guess. Um, I was definitely anxious going into the studio, 100%. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I hit notes. I think all of us have been playing music for a long time in some form or another. Like I grew up playing saxophone and I'm a big fan of jazz. Uh, I've always sang in the car. I can hit like I have a relative idea of like when things are sharp and flat and like, <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, so there was no training uh, vocally in that regard, but definitely a lot of anxiety and trying some new approaches to things. But we've, we've been practicing for a long time. And I think uh, up until we recorded the demo, I didn't think I was doing a good job vocally. Uh, and then once I heard myself back, it gave me a lot of confidence. I still don't think I'm some kind of great gift of humanity and, uh, and singing by any means <laughs> or stretch of the imagination. But it gave me confidence to know that, hey, like I can kind of hit like stuff in key. And He's a pretty decent yeller. 
my yeller old yeller <laughs> so how did you guys like seven songs like how did you get was it just like an ep you guys just decide because like it seems kind of like usually i guess it's different in the modern age too but it seems like you either do like four four or five songs for like a seven inch or like a full length like how'd you guys decide on like something in the middle or whatever you know well it, it, i think it came out that way uh and without thinking much about it like those the seven songs we had new songs by the time we decided to to go to the studio um and we wanted to have as much songs as possible right but but i think it like it's not enough for an lp but it's a good ep with the length so yeah it's not it's not that we wrote it thinking about it. it's going to be a seven inch or a, or an lp it's kind of what what the songs we had at the time i guess right right i mean there's definitely some full lengths that are like 11 or 12 songs that are probably shorter than that though you know what i mean so it's still right you know it serves its purpose lengthwise i guess you know um definitely do you guys have any plans on like uh, are you guys gonna like play a bunch of shows i don't know if there's anything coming up that you're able to like talk about or anything or yeah i think by the time this comes out uh it probably will have been out been announced if not uh one, I'm going to be bummed out because <laughs> we need to announce it soon. But two, you heard it here first then, I guess. We're going to be going on tour with the band Standstill from Long Island. Um, if you haven't heard them, uh, speaking, we, we talked about Koyo right before we started uh, recording, I think. But uh, yep. Koyo's a great band. And Standstill's uh, another equally great band from Long Island that uh, we're big fans of and we're just excited to, uh, to be on a tour package with. So we're going to be heading out uh, starting July 29th uh until august 8th we'll do kind of like a um it's like a 10-day run or something like that uh down the eastern seaboard starting in new york going down to florida and then making a circle back up through uh some of the, the midwest states so we're really looking forward to that as a band just being on tour uh and honestly like we're all just huge fans of music that comes from that region so we're excited to just be a part of that we're doing richmond too right yeah stoked for that it's <laughs> commendable yeah. baltimore yeah. is on the list i cannot wait there's so many cool things happening in baltimore right now as well yeah that band ended is, is killing it right now their their uh bass player patrick keeps sending me flyers and he told me a couple weeks back he's like if you like striking distance make sure you're in town you're, you're able to come down to baltimore i'm like dude i got kids like i can't fucking travel like six hours at the drop of a hat like i'd love to see you guys and i, I want to book them here like i told you guys before you know i'm doing shows again so anybody i'm interviewing i'm definitely if and whenever you guys i know san diego to rochester is not exactly a fucking uh a weekend thing or whatever but next time you guys book a tour you know keep us in mind or whatever but oh, yeah. um, speaking you. of which like is that something you guys plan on doing like more like like a bunch of touring or is it just kind of see how it goes type thing or uh, I mean, when we started the band, we all kind of were like, hey, we've got a lot of us that, like have we have varying like responsibilities and things going on. We're, uh, you know, a slightly um, older band and we just figured, hey, we're going to see how this goes and where it goes. And uh, just so happened that the band kind of got accepted by the larger hardcore community. And and so we kind of had to step step back and and talk with each other and say, Hey, what, what's like reasonable for us. So I think it'll be a lot of, um, you know, 
long weekend runs, like three, four day weekend type of deals. And then I would think at least once a year, we'll try to get out in some region for like a long tour. We've talked about maybe going, uh, uh, speaking of Colombia earlier, maybe doing something in Colombia next year or down in through Central America. Um, yeah, we'd love to as much as we can. That's sick. And I think I was telling you guys before that I just interviewed Jeremy from Tuning. I think there's two bands on like you guys have played with. I, I mentioned to him recently too. Uh, them and uh, Jade Dust uh, both have connections to this area because Jeremy's from Buffalo originally, and the drummer from uh, Jade Dust is from like like 45 minutes outside where I'm from, Rochester. So um, it's pretty cool. I don't, did you, you guys did you guys play with them recently, Jade Dust, or am I mistaken? Or yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought so. We played yeah. Shea and program. Yeah, two, uh, two yeah. dates with them, and those guys are awesome like Pacific Northwest, like emo core, whatever you want to call it, melodic hardcore, great stuff. Like anyone listening, Jay does shout out, check them out. <laughs> right. Like, I guess like with that in mind, like, do you guys have like a, like a niche of bands you guys plan to like, like play shows and tours with, or is it just kind of like, like anything that, that fits under the umbrella of hardcore pretty much like you're willing to play with? I think we're, I think we're just down, like whatever. I, I think having, I think who we are sonically as a band uh, makes us kind of stand out in the area that we are. Like there's not a lot of bands that, are, that have this sound. So, but like we're inherently playing a lot of mixed bills. Some shows where the most hard, like the most aggressive band, most shows we're the least aggressive band. And so uh, it just fluctuates. So really we're down for, for anything. It's just fun. Is there any like, like bill or, or type of bands you guys think you have like fit or felt like more comfortable with, or is it, is it still just kind of like easy come easy go, you know, that we've played with or that we hope to play with? No, just like in general, like I'm saying, like, is there like, 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 like harder bands or like more melodic bands? Like, do that you guys feel more comfortable playing with so far? You know what I mean? Like, what you saying? I mean, maybe we should mention Glean, like our local comrades, uh, like this band Glean, like a melodic hardcore band from San Diego is probably the closest band to our style-ish, um, but they're, you know, they're, they're kids and they're, they're killing it like um but i mean as far as like what aspirations or what like yeah i mean, I, I mean we would love to play with like tony's got a praise poster on his wall like that would be like the the sweetest thing in the world <laughs> so if anyone from praise is listening to this <laughs> um and this is totally unrelated but like i said i was kind of digging into you guys and doing some research and I could have sworn, and in the interview I listened to with you, Tony, did you mention that Timmy from No Justice was at a show? Does he live out there or something in California now? Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm not going to claim to know much about his situation in life or where he's at, but I believe he lives somewhere in Ventura County. I may be wrong, but I believe he lives in Ventura County. Uh, That's so crazy. We played our first time in Oxnard, which shout out to all our homies in Oxnard in time. Uh, Torina, Ceramic, like Oxnard is on fire right now. Um, that scene is very, very cool. And every time we go up there, it's always super fun. But we played a show for a record release for our friends in the band In Time. Uh, and 
they opened, did they open or at some point in the show, in their set, they uh, did a No Justice cover and Timmy comes out of the crowd and takes the mic and just wrecks shot. Like <laughs> just, it's everything you would have expected from Timmy No Justice. It was sick. I think our merch table uh, leg got like bent in because he like, yeah, yeah. Broke so it. <laughs> I was after the show. I was like, "Shit, this is the first play, or like the first uh, show we've ever had at this space." Like me and Luis, the bass player from, uh, or he's now the guitar player from In Time, were like cranking it and trying to get it fixed. But anyways, it was sick. Really cool to see him. Uh, that band is obviously legendary. Yeah, I saw them play uh, twice, uh, three times because they played here once too, and. But also just seeing him at shows too, like he's just the same. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I was because I went down to DC like maybe three or four times back then. He was always at all those shows, and they were huge shows. And you would just see him like jumping off of like fucking like the monitors that were like ten feet in the air. You know what I mean? Like AF. Like when AF first hit their opening note one time, there it was like literally he had to been like ten or fifteen feet in the air. He just like dove off like it was nothing. And I'm just like, yo, this is. I'm from Rochester where it was like, we have like this, like the, this tiny bug jar stage, you know what I mean? Like, and then when he played here, there, he was like diving off of, they played at that club and he was diving off of crazy shit. It was just, but like, when I heard you say that, when I heard you mention that in the other interview, I was like, I got to ask him about that because I didn't realize he was on the West coast in general, but he's just like, you know, as you said, like legendary and just a fucking crazy person to see live, do anything. You know what I mean? That's so sick. That's also cool of you to like, uh, yeah, do some homework on that to find out that little mention. I think I was talking with Dylan. Um, he runs a, a radio show out in um, the Santa Barbara and Oxnard, Ventura County area um, called Your Life in America. Shout out to Dylan. Dylan he, rules. Yeah, he's the best. Um, yeah, I've, checked, I've checked some of his stuff out actually, even prior to our, our talking. But anyways, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, he rules. And it's, I think uh, one of the highlights of that night, just apart from being in Oxnard and playing Oxnard was we played yeah, it was at that show. I think we played um, Justification from Dag Nasty for the first time uh, as a cover. We have sort of like like every like any band, we have some covers that we kind of rotate. And um, none of the kids knew what was what was going on, but Timmy was in the back, and I could see him like mouthing the words and filming it. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's so cool!" <laughs> yeah, it's dope. I mean, obviously he's from that area, so he's gonna rep any of those those DC or or Virginia bands or whatever, you know. So. Sure. Um, I, I guess I don't really have a ton of other questions or topics. I feel like we ran over the record pretty good. Is there anything you, you think we could have talked about more with the record or anything? Or oh, it's cool. I'm, no, just excited about um, you know people listening to those songs and getting some feedback from people. This is like music that we just had a little a lot of fun doing together without thinking about like this is gonna like you know, be a hit or whatever. This is, people are going to like go crazy for this or that. We just, you know, had fun doing it and, and uh, like, you know, using just cr our creativity to make different parts and make it fun for us. And, but, you know, it's just really cool that from what I heard so far, some other people really like enjoy it and, and think it's cool. So, you know, just excited to for that record to be out and play those songs on the tour and some shows all over. So, yeah, I'm just kind of like um, excited and, and waiting for all that to come. Yeah. Yeah, like we mentioned, it's been a, we've been sitting on it 
for a year just waiting. So we're very oh, yeah. for, for everybody to hear it. And I'll just put in a plug to like, um, I would say it's a pretty eclectic record. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually curious to hear your opinion, but I feel like uh, no one, like each song is pretty distinct. There's some songs that are very melodic, have some cleaner vocals. There's other songs that are like straight up 90s emo. There's other ones that are very straightforward, hardcore. Uh, you get some, I don't know. There's just, there's a, a big variety. So if you don't like one, just skip to the next because you <laughs> might be surprised. I will say that bands that came to mind, obviously I mentioned Fugazi. Um, I don't care if it was a demo or the, the, the new songs, but I think it was more the new songs. Um, uh, Hot Water Music and or Small Brown Bike. Um, definitely early 2000s hardcore, like you guys mentioned, especially the last song. I'm very bad at remembering names yeah, what, of songs. What is it for? Yeah, yeah the track seven, like Diego was mentioning wanting to see like people's responses that goes back to what tony and i were talking about with timmy from no justice like i could definitely see some good stage dives for that song so uh, hopefully uh you guys get some good responses for those but it's definitely like you said it's, it's very eclectic i mean i just named like five bands that i think it sounds like that all sound different pretty much you know what i mean so right. um i feel like you guys definitely like kind of put it in the blender and and like it, it came out good though you know what i mean like but i definitely there's a few parts where i was like that sounds like the opening riff to uh that and i think end hits uh the 98 fugazi uh album mm -hmm. so i definitely noticed a few times where i was like that you know i don't know if you guys it was if it was even the back of your head or if it's just a coincidence you know what i mean are you but, talking about the song that starts with like the snare rim kind of beat yeah yeah okay and that, yeah, yeah. it wasn't i don't think uh it was intentional but i was, think there's it, a part you guys have like that though it's, it's just like that fugazi part i can't remember exactly what song it is but we, um, yeah, we call that song our Fugazi song, but it, like it, <laughs> we were just jamming and it just came out. Like, yeah, it kind of came yeah. out that way. I usually, I usually bring like a uh, like a riff or two and let it like happen while we're there together. So it's cool because it's kind of a lot of like coming you know, from one place, and I like that because it's not like we're kind of like borrowing for somewhere else. It's just that. Uh, the energy of the moment happening and i love that even like one of the songs of the demo i mean of the ep happened while i started like just making a, a couple notes and we uh i tony i think you just recorded on your phone without us noticing and we just jammed the the, the whole song and when like listening after uh, on the on the recording we were like that sounds actually good and we kept most of the like structure from just jamming so it's actually happened at, at the moment and i think you know on, honestly you just mentioned a lot of like influence from here and there but i uh, i like that um i think we, we're getting and borrowing things from different places and creating like the ben blue sound per se you know and uh I'm happy with that, you know. I think it's good because you're, you're not going to be like pigeonholed into one sound too then, you know what I mean? Like, and, and right. like, it will definitely sound like you guys, but it won't like, you know, there won't have to be some formula, you know what I mean? Which is obviously yeah. a good thing, you know? So. Right. Um, yeah. We've always tried really hard to not like, we've tried really hard to be like unique and kind of like um, right. Interesting song structures like even if they're like we're not trying to be wildly like unorthodox but like i guess that's kind of like how it comes out but um right. <laughs> we, yeah we don't want to sound like we're ripping off like anybody ever right 
<laughs> Shane, you you got you made me remember something because we're really aware of that. Like even like when I do a riff, I always ask you guys, hey, this sounds like too similar to this because if it does, yeah. let me change it around because I don't want to like you know. And you you guys too. Like when when we we try to be very aware of that and not ripping off other bands. Yeah. Like you said earlier, like it sounds like we just put a bunch of shit in a blender and <laughs> I don't think I said it quite like that, but it's <laughs> kind of what we do though. You're not you're not quite off base with it. <laughs> um but yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up what I had for, for topics and everything. So um like I said, I'll put the I'll put the record in the show notes and everything. Um, but other than that, you guys have anything you want to plug or shout outs? I mean, like I said, this should come out like right after like July 5th or somewhere right around then. So well, yeah, I think the record will come out uh, end of July. Um, so, yeah, just stay tuned for the record. Uh, again, Josh, really appreciate you having us on. Um, shout out to War Records for helping us all this while to put this out. And, uh, yeah, at East Coast, we'll see you soon. All right, I think that's going to wrap up Episode 83. Um, uh, I want to thank Tony, Diego, and Shane for taking the time to do the interview tonight. As always, thanks to Rob Antonucci, Jim Byrne, and Greg Benoit for all the help with the podcast. Shout out to all the Patreon subscribers. Um, I'll keep the link in the bio. As always, you can subscribe for as low as a dollar per month. Uh, thanks to my family for helping out when I do all this nonsense. Uh, as always, keep your eyes on social media for upcoming episodes. Uh, if you're in town, make sure, sure you hit up those shows uh, July 16th at the Bug Jar and July 29th at UUU Art Gallery. Uh, see everyone real soon and stay safe. Stop.